Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Big Week in Gaming podcast, and what do you know, it's been a big week in gaming. I'm Swinney for episode 101 on this Sunday, the 23rd of October, 2022. In this week's show, the PlayStation DualSense Edge controller gets a date and a big price. An analog news buffet from New Pocket Cores and final runs of the Super NT, Mega SG and tons of other stuff from Intigot. And we take a look at two of the biggest releases of the week, Mario Rabbids Sparks of Hope and A Plague Tale Requiem. If you'd like to support the show, we'd love to get you to subscribe on YouTube or your favourite podcast app. If you're a mega fan, come join us on the Discord with all the links in the description below or on bigwigpod.com. Now, joining us today, we've got one other person, which is our executive amiibo file Intergot. Hello, hello, hello. So, uh, back to the start, back to the OG setup. I know, we were talking last week on episode 100 about... Um, the fact that Mike wasn't here from the beginning and that he's also missed a bunch of episodes in between and I actually went back and I started actually indexing some of our shows and I actually went back and checked who was on each show in terms of hosting oh, and wow. it turns turns out there's 24 shows that Mike wasn't a part of oh, so it's so, quarter yeah so quite a lot actually and so basically like to be in his defense like up until that's was pretty like, flaky, actually. Up until That's episode flaky, man. He, he joined on episode eighteen. He did one episode on earlier on thirteen as like a to fill in a spot. Okay. But uh, as you see, as you as the podcast gets older and older and older, there's times when it's like choppy, choppy, choppy. But in his defense, he was sick a lot of those times. Don't so him. don't defend him. <laughs> but you but, you almost joined via hospital, so don't defend him. What that means, I should have just joined to like say one sentence just to cap that's it all true, on the show. That's true. But um, so that means when we hit episode one twenty four, we have to do another episode one hundred celebrations for Mister Mike. So, well, shouldn't we celebrate this as your episode one hundred? My oh yeah okay that's true <laughs> technically that's true that's true celebration <laughs> yes another title tier list so. <laughs> I look I had a lot of fun in that segment last week but I still like I was thinking when I was like watching a bit back I'm like man if this was my first episode that I saw of this <laughs> show I'd be like these are the most self-centered <laughs> like self-indulgent freaks and we like it's very self-indulgent but it was on episode 100 we wanted to think of a creative way to also kind of like think of some of our highlights you know that wasn't just oh what are your highlights of the 100 episodes also we don't do this for anyone else apart from ourselves (laughs) literally the endeavor is selfish to a degree oh don't give our secret away you were actually making bank from this you know we are there's uh we we put in um what's the term when you know you flash images on the screen um uh, subliminal, subliminal yeah, images. We have lots of subliminal advertising in this uh, <laughs> this show, and you just don't see it. And just one makes frame. us makes us like thousands of dollars each. Yeah, episode. you actually have to watch the episode in 120 hertz <laughs> to actually see. We just put one frame out of the 120. I think YouTube just swallows it up. So, and uh, it's a, it's a combination of it's like a it's a new Red Shadow VPN. <laughs> if you know, because we have actually had a lot of people want to sponsor the show for whatever reason, right? And you guys always knock it back. But if Raid Shadow Legends actually wanted to wanted to like sponsor it, would you do it? Um, I would have to have a good think about it because I'm not I'm not that against the game or anything, mm. honestly. Um, but 
I also do think, you know, we Mike is an important part of this show, and I think that that's the is kind it? of game that he... <laughs> it would be the kind of game that I think, you know, like, is exactly the kind of game he doesn't like. Mm. Um, you know, he's all he's all against those games that are you know, anything to do with monetization and stuff like that. But, look, it's it would be something we'd have to talk about, but... Um, yeah, who knows? In the future, we may get a sponsor. Do, do you, you know? think that the NFT space has actually made the mobile space seem more palatable? <laughs> kind of has, hasn't it? Yeah, I think once you start seeing like Crypto.com sponsoring <laughs> Twitch streams and stuff, you're like, yeah. okay, maybe Raid Shadow Legends isn't that bad. You know? <laughs> At least it's a game. <laughs> an actual game underneath it. Uh, so is there some hype, Swinney? Some hype? Yeah, I was actually thinking about it yesterday. I'm like, oh wait, it's actually Halloween coming up. And last year, uh, last week, or no, actually, yeah, last year, um, we had a bit of a Halloween special. So I was thinking we might did try we? to pull something together. Okay. Yeah, so we played scary games and we did a segment out of it. Um, so I thought that look, we'll hype up that we'll try to do something. I don't know what it is yet. It might be something small. Maybe we'll just play some more scary games. I don't know. Um, we'll talk about it offline. But I just wanted to hype up that next week. Uh, will be a chance to hopefully bring back our really cool Halloween layout as well that we oh, got to use for one okay. single show. <laughs> yeah, actually, if you give me the episode number, I might be able to resurrect it. Hopefully. Well, it's in, it's in the index now, and it's I've, I've said... Uh, oh, you got I've an got index. A, I've got a notable highlights, <laughs> and one of it says oh the God. Halloween special, so... <laughs> oh, shit. I, okay. It's episode still a work in progress, that index. It's just like I picked I like out it. some stuff. I so. like it. You need to add lore into this as well. <laughs> the first episode, things get mentioned. All significant lore. So, I was thinking, should I add a, a column in this index that says, um, whenever I mention a Kemco game on that uh, on that episode, <laughs> and timestamp it. But then I thought I thought to myself, look, I've already done that little Kemco like, joke video. I, I have no reason to go back to any time I mentioned Kemco. Um, mm, I've already true. done that before, and that was painful. To that's do. true. That's true. And hey, like uh, our hundredth episode last week, it was pretty cool. Uh, very self-indulgent, yep. as we were saying before the show started. Or did we say that during the show? Now <laughs> I can't remember. Said it both shows. Both shows. <laughs> okay, said it both. But there was something cool that happened in our Discord, Swinny. Yeah, we had one of the biggest fans of the show. I've never known how to say it. Mitza. I think we all. Yeah, that's what we landed on. That's what we landed yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Um, they are awesome, and they created some some art for us. Our first art for the show that we didn't make ourselves, so which is cool. and it's absolutely awesome. It's awesome. I think it, yeah. it nailed all of us. I um, know oh, it's my kids recognized me in the image. I don't know what that, that says about me, but I think and the, also it was like Uncle Swinney. Yeah. I think the uh, the expression that Mike has is just classic in here. So thank you so much. It is really really cool, and I'm sure we'll find a way to bring it back onto the show. Um, that's Some true, form. we should. And it does yeah. capture Mike's essence of not being prepared, no headphones, <laughs> kind of fading off in the background. It's very it's, cool. Uh, love it. th thankfully, oh, actually, no, I won't mention that, oh, actually. Because well, 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 well. oh, Mike's in the chat, he's watching, um, well, or he might be ahead. watching. I was going to say, it doesn't have him, like, during his, uh, what is it, the face, the, the Instagram filter, Snapchat filter phase, oh, where yeah, it was, like, face. changing everything. Don't remind oh. him of that, man. No, that's all I'll see him, man. I should have brought it up. <laughs> I know. What are you doing, man? Are you crazy? Hey, if you're going to bring back that stuff, any episode would be a Halloween episode. So. That's true. 
Yes. It saves you money on props. Yeah. Mike really uh, <laughs> smashed that into the ground really aggressively. I like it. It was so bad. And we said to Mike, you know, off the show, it's like, you know, certain reasons, like, like just, just make sure you check the filters before you turn them on live on the show for various reasons, right? And then after that chat, there's been no... No Snapchat filters. <laughs> it was like so ADHD. It was just like filter, filter, filter every few Mike, minutes. Mike's got his eyes eyes on the on in the chat. So uh, that's funny. Yeah, I definitely will expect the return of that. And week, I've so. got a pseudo question. So yes. I, you know, that I work at a big Australian company, pretty like boring, I guess, but like you know, big Australian company, and yes. we had like uh, all of leadership, like everyone got together in a room right if if there was a one band that they mentioned multiple times during the day and you know the company i work out what band do you think mm. it would be just a band australian okay. band i'll narrow it down an australian band they mentioned uh, it like three or four times during the day eskimo joe no i think like five people in the room knew this band parkway drive what <laughs> yeah Wow. They wow. kept talking about Parkway Drive over and over. The CEO, Parkway Drive this, Parkway Drive <laughs> So were they, you... pl- were they playing any Parkway? Dude, that would have been cool. <laughs> no, God, no. <laughs> no, they, they stick to, like, the least controversial edge here and shit, right? Um, so what happened was... And I actually really recommend you, you watch it. So Australian Story on the ABC did a expose on Parkway Drive. They were about to break up, right? Just like a couple of years ago. Mm. And basically they, very a la 2002 Metallica, brought in a, a therapist to the band, right? Mm. And they're talking about their feelings and the whole band and everything like that. Did the therapist contribute to the lyrics? Like the no, <laughs> I think they learned that lesson. But they actually, like, reckon that they worked through some stuff and there was, like, a lot of animosity in the band. And it's randomly... Wait, I'm not actually going to mention this. Shit. I, we spoke about something before going on air about names and I almost named myself. But anyway, anyway, I'll tell you after the show. But um, What? Intergots? No, no, I'll tell you after the show. What are you, talking about? Was, what like, are you I, talking about? I almost stuffed myself up don't, there. Don't you know Intergot is in the top one million list of baby names for 2022? <laughs> Oh, I, I was going to ask you a question, but again, it's personal. But um, so it's it just like actually a lot of the characters on the on in the band are quite similar to us. It was really funny because I was like, oh, that person's like Switty or that person's like Mike. You know, so it's like you know how we keep saying that Mike's a part of the show, but we keep on mentioning that he wasn't at the show at the start, even though he's been there for like seventy five plus percent of the show. In Parkway Drive, the bassist I didn't know this. The bassist wasn't in the band right until a year ago or a year and a half ago or something right oh, okay yeah he like so the band started then three years after they started so this was about 17 years ago he came into the band because they they were missing their third the second basis so they needed a new bassist so it's like yeah i'll get in and play from that point on he was treated as a session musician just like playing live and he wasn't officially a part of the band so when they did meetings and everything like that he wasn't involved. <laughs> That's like that. The I don't I don't remember the name, but the fourth guitarist, like the the fourth member of Green Day, that's oh, yeah, always yeah, yeah, played yeah, yeah, live yeah. with them for years. That's obviously is <laughs> just to play on tours, you know. Yeah, but in that um, case, it's I, 
I, I kind of get it a little bit more because a bassist is like it's like that there's no other bassist in the band there is only one right mm. and it's just odd like I couldn't believe it and then anyway part of this therapy they actually made the bassist a proper men- member of the band and gave him he never had equity in the band how insane is that so anyway, like in this day, they kept on talking all the stuff about the Australian story and how it's like related to what we're doing. And I was like, this is so, I was, felt like I was in the twilight zone. And the guy on stage was like, they're called Parkway, Parkway Play or Parkway. And I'm screaming out, <laughs> Parkway Drive. <laughs> and it's like oh, the man. head of the private bank is like, oh yeah, this guy's saying Parkway Drive. <laughs> he knows what it is. That's funny. See, uh, my in my workplace, which is a big company but is not different vibe mm, yeah yeah very different vibe yeah, different like vibe. we can definitely we could play parkway if we wanted that's to. true like it's, it's such that's a almost like vibe, it's man. like it's almost cool vibe. to do that right yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like i'm odd playing like faith no more or something like that's supposedly odd i'm like come on that's like played on commercial normal radio that's like nothing so but yeah that's my pseudo question of the week oh cool so i guess what we'll jump into is what have you been playing this week? What have you been up to, Intergot? Got my uh, standards of Splatoon 3 and Picross. <laughs> so I'm almost finished Picross on Game Boy and on Switch. So I'll be happy when I get through those games. It's like never ending. Uh, Splatoon 3, man, I gotta go. That, that game's like a 10 out of 10 for me. I love that game so much. I can't wait till they have DLC for that game. It's just like, it, okay, I, like the online is freaking annoying. It's not as bad as when they launched, but it's still pretty bad, and and it's easily fixed. But I don't know why they just you know can't get their shit together. But even with that, it's so cool. Like the new um, uh, Salmon Run mode is just like it's awesome. Like I could play just that. It's so fun. And then you know like the regular battles and everything like that. It's just really really cool game, man. It's freaking awesome. I love it. So. Obviously, Elden Ring is the the big boy for this year for a lot of people. In your personal, like, in the running for your personal game of the year, does Splatoon 3 have a good chance? Well, hold that thought. Hold that thought. A little bit of intrigue, a little bit of hype, Swinney. Hold that thought. Very interesting thought you have. How how long am I holding it? Uh, Four, well, three more games to go. We'll we'll talk. You you know where I'm leaning on this. Uh, Also been playing Persona 5 Royal. Uh, on oh. PC and then cloud as well. That's so, a hell of a game to start for a week. Well, I, I like I just wanted to get a sense of it, right? Hmm. And my God, like that game, it's it's like God of War. Remember when I started playing God of War, and I'm like, this shit's just like oozing money. Hmm. Like you know, like I don't like Marvel films, but I can see that like they spend a lot of money on them, right? Hmm. And that game is so stylized, like everything, like from the minute you play it it's everything stylized and it's crazy Mm. like it's there's no rough edges at all like it's pretty incredible and i think i'll stop playing it (laughs) because i know it's like a hundred plus hours and it's like i don't know i just don't have time for a game like that quite honestly like i just have to basically clear my whole schedule of games (laughs) to be able to play it yeah i'm definitely going to be jumping into that one next year but i will try it out briefly so that you know i've test tried out my game pass games and whatnot yeah. but um just on that so they also released the ps5 version this this week as well and that version oh is... ps5 version of 
it Persona wasn't out 5. before. Ah. So it's playable Persona, on there. Persona 5 Royal was already out, but that was a PS4 version, is what you're saying. Yes, yes. So a native PS5 version, and you just have to buy the entire game outright again. And I'm like, man, that's rough. That just feels rough. Like That's there's crazy. No, there's no way to like <laughs> from my from what I've right? read that from like that's what that's what I was reading, and I'm happy to be corrected if that's the case. But there's no it doesn't seem like there's any upgrade path to the native version for PS5. Um and it's just I think it really stings for people if they want to play it on there considering it's the Game Pass release so it's kind of like we know that you know if, if you've got an Xbox there's a good chance you've probably got Game Pass and mm. so that means you know you're not going to have to pony down the pro- the money to play Persona even if you haven't played it before or whatever you know but yeah from what I can what I've read there's there's no way to like it's a new version of the game and that's the same with uh, I think it's Yeast 9 um, they announced that that's coming to PS5 and that's the exact same situation where you just buy it and wow. there's no way to like that was a PS4 game there's no way to upgrade to it you know so PlayStation's getting a bit like dodgy man it's like we'll get to it a little bit later in the show mm. but just take it a piss it, it does seem though there's almost no difference except a bit of a smoother frame rate so it's probably one of those ones like you'd have to be a pretty much a psychopath to buy it again on PS5 or, or like me if yeah, you get like people that care about trophies would rebuy it wow so. that's that's your punishment <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I remind me about trophies and achievements when I talk about the last game that I'm going to talk about but um I think I will delete it it was really cool to play it on cloud though like I had to mm. go to the shop so I was on the train and I was just like, I'm like, fuck it, I'll have a go at trying to play it. And, like, it it's the kind of game that actually you could play, yeah. in, like, a cloud version. Um, so I'm trying that cloud stuff out a bit more. It's a bit clunky, it's a bit weird, like, because it is just dialing into, like, an Xbox. <laughs> so it's, like, kind of weird the way it works. But it, it's pretty magical at times, but then it's pretty clunky at other times. With On that note about, you know, it's the kind of game you could play on cloud from a gameplay standpoint that's because I play a lot of turn-based RPGs and that that's the case the issue is often the, the music because if you hear the hitches in the music that's so off-putting so it's like even if there's a delay input delay for the gameplay that if the music's hitching Ooh. then it's a horrible experience for me but anyway yeah I mean it didn't I didn't really notice that amazingly so maybe I just wasn't paying enough attention uh, the other game that came out this week was Mario and Rabbids Sparks of Hope so I hadn't played it so much last night, but then I played it quite a bit today. Very cool game, man. Like, you know, I loved Mario Rabbids, the first one. I think thematically in the setting, I prefer the first one than this one. Like, it sounds weird to say, given that Mario Rabbids, like the premise and the setting is insane. You know, like they're smashing together like the Rabbids universe with the Mushroom Kingdom and it's ridiculous. It's something that shouldn't work, but does, you know. And it does, and it's funny. And, like, it's funny with my kids. They really like the way it looks. Like, I understand the rabbits are really popular, like the minions and all that kind of stuff. But there's something about it, just, like, that they look goofy and stupid that kids love. But this game, like, just the setting, it sort of, like, goes a little bit too far. So it's breaching into, like, the Mario Galaxy, Luma, you know, all that, that kind of stuff. And it's sort of just, like... It feels like <laughs> like a bit of a scattergun, just random approach. But having, like, that's just the setting. 
And you know, the first one had some stuff like that that I thought was a bit weird. But the actual gameplay, at first I was like, oh, I think I prefer the way that it was a bit more like a hardcore tactics, grid-based game, the first one. This one is more freeform, but it actually works really well. Like, I was shocked. Like, I started playing it, and, you know, these games are not easy. Like, even people who are, like, mad XCOM fans are like, the first game's, like, actually has a difficulty spike at the end, and you're like, shit, like, I need to literally optimize my moves to be able to beat the boss. And, you know, I think they've made this one slightly easier, but I'm kind of more into that and just plowing through it and really, really enjoy it. So... I definitely would say if people enjoyed the first game, definitely get this game. Mm. I think if you're not sure about the games, honestly, you still like the first game is so cheap. So if you're mm. sort of like on the fence, I just recommend just getting the first game. You can get it frequently for like 10, 15 bucks Australian. Do you, is there any kind of look, I know story in these games is cherry probably pretty superfluous anyway but is there a reason storyline wise to actually play the first game nah nah, not really like there is a story to it but you could jump straight into this game they don't really reference what happened too much in the prior game like they pretty much get stuck into it and then it's like here's the new thing that's happening so i think it's fine and you know like i was saying these games are a bit weird so i actually will try to get through this game and then i might just sell it because Ubisoft, I know what they'll do. They'll have DLC and all this other kind of stuff and a gold edition and an ultimate edition. So I might just like wait until the dust settles in the future on that and then see what the DLC is like. So yeah, look, but I, like I said, if you really like the first game, highly recommend getting this one. If you're interested in the series, get the first game cheap and then, you know, you can like play that one through. It's an awesome game and then play this one. Like, it, you know, makes perfect sense. Uh, and the last game... Uh, so I've been playing and I've clocked now is uh, nice. Tunic Tunic nice and I also played a bit of the cloud version to get through a couple of like housekeeping items and that was really cool like it worked really well I was like kind of shocked because it's crazy combat like not Dark Souls levels but it's more like that than a Zelda game hmm. and this game man I, you know talking about game of the year I like I'm I'm almost like thinking this might be slotted above Elden Ring at the moment in my head. Like hmm. this game, I was talking to my wife about it. This game demands a lot from you, and it's kind of uncompromising in that way. And I do fully understand why you guys don't like it. It's, well, look, it's, don't like. I I was probably I'm I think I spoke like. I don't think I communicated well last week that I actually liked the game, but I wasn't sold on the combat part of it. So it wasn't like I didn't like it. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Because I actually... This is, sounds crazy. Because I was so interested that... Like, where I was at in the game was well further down the track than you guys. And I was yeah, like... Yeah. What? Like, how do these... Like, this game is, like, so perfect for these two guys. I'm, like, so be- perplexed in a way. And I was actually, like, looking at how far you were into the game based on the achievements and then Mike yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, And then it made me really reflect. I'm like, this game is so odd. Like, the first hour of this game is purposely, like, making you frustrated and putting, like, a deeper puzzle about the game in front of you. And when you solve it, it's like, oh, shit. Like, that's kind of crazy. Because I... Look, the, the way I played this game is didn't check anything all the way up to like say the last I don't know what it was like last hour because I got stuck and I'm like 
the hell's going on here? And it honestly was a bit of a glitch because I, like, I, I had to check what the hell was going on. And the thing I needed to do, I did try to do. It just didn't engage, didn't work. So whatever. It's just, you know, made by like 10 people or five people this game. Mm. But um, yeah, this game is freaking crazy. Like the mechanic, I don't want to spoil it, but the mechanic with the whole manual and like going through that, like literally I'm like combing the manual for certain things and it's it's a cool experience like the game would be super ruined instantly if you just check online like how to f- like be alerted to things like stuff in the game where i'm like oh man that's crazy that they've done that like i, I kind of just could have done that at the start of the game and i didn't know and mm. there's something about that that i really loved and just on the difficulty it's like seriously this game is like a you at the start of the game it's like this game's ridiculous. Like, why is this game so hard for what it is? Then, honestly, it almost becomes too easy. Mm. Like, I was, like, one-running a lot of bosses. Like, just, all right, here's the boss. All right, I start fighting him. He's dead. I'm like, okay. And then the final <laughs> boss, I was like, motherfucker. It's, like, it's so frustrating. For I, it, I actually didn't play it that many times, but it was starting to go, oh, my God. Like, I'm not fully prepared for this level of combat. Because I was kind of running over people for a while. So then I got really lazy. It was almost like what happened with Elden Ring. It, it was like too easy. And then you get to a spot where you actually have to play it in a proper Dark Souls manner. And I'm like, oh shit. Like, I'm not ready. For, I don't even parry in this game. And you could parry in it. Right? Like, mm. all that stuff. But man, I really love this game. Like, I love what it asks of you. I love, like, the manual mechanic. The story is really cool and interesting. And, like just really like fascinating like how they've assembled it through the emergent gameplay and then like hooked it into the ending and everything like that um and i, I actually because when i said i had to check that thing it would actually came up on an xbox achievement thing and it was mm-hmm. like oh you have to finish the game to get this achievement but it's the bad ending and i'm like nah fuck that i don't care about that shit right? <laughs> and i was like damn i have to say I, I don't know you like better of a gamer than I am but it it would be pretty hard to get 100% in this game I don't know what the stats are but like there's some parts of it I'm like shit that actually would be pretty tricky to do like even me finishing the game I think it was only like 7% of people had finished it which mm. I thought was really low for a game that is like you know maybe a contender for game of the year so Last time I'll talk about it, but um, yeah, really awesome game. If you have Game Pass and you're into your Dark Souls slash Zeldas, definitely would give this a crack. Uh, I, I do need to go back, back to Death's Door, but it's kind of like a very similar game, like overall to that game. But I, I did like the setting a lot more than Death's Door from what I played of them both. Yeah, I'm look. I'm looking forward to to getting back to it at some point. Um, probably when it comes up to maybe the six month timeline of of when it was added to game pass because that's generally a lot of games tend to drop out at that six month mark so um but if also look maybe even leading up to when we do our awards uh, kind of special i might actually delve back into it then to mm. and maybe give it a bit more of a crack so it's not super long like i, I took a lot longer but i think it would probably be about 20 12 hours for you i reckon mm. but if you want to get 100 percent, then it'll be longer so so now you're going to answer the question i asked before yes does Splatoon 3 potentially rank in your games of the year? Oh, it's definitely in the games of the year, but I think... Pota- you know, a candidate, a candidate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely a candidate. But, like, I think Tunic is well and truly, like, 
got a bullet okay. on it. Because, you know, one thing that I love is it just doesn't overstay its welcome. Like, my biggest criticism still of Elden Ring is, like, there's just some parts of it, like, it feels... It's just massive, right? And it, mm. it's, like, it just needed a bit more of an editor. Um, I still feel like yeah. Dark Souls is way better than Elden Ring because that's so tight, that whole game. And there are mm. fucked up bits of that game that you've pointed out and then I've reflected on, like, yeah, that is pretty fucking dodgy, some of the areas, but just overall that puzzle box nature of that game but yeah, yeah tunic man it's a freaking cool game man really it's amazing it's only like like a half a dozen or a dozen people made it like it's fucking crazy yeah it's nuts it's i so mean nuts. it was in production for a long time sure it's still quite nuts still yeah nuts. and they would have they would have died when death's door came out because you know that came out last year and this game came mm. out this year they would have been like fuck me like it's the same game the the thing is though that tunic had the hype like Tunic was the That's game that, that at E3 and Xbox and they showed it off and stuff and whereas Death Store was always like oh that's the game that is kind of like Tunic but it's not like like Tunic was the one that I think people were waiting for and that's why it was so surprised me that it almost like came out of the release actually came out of nowhere when yeah. people were waiting for so long so yeah, no, true. but I think it will I definitely think it will get recognised by a lot of outlets uh, when it comes game of the year times so. I, I think like having now played it uh, yeah, I, I think it would, it's not a lock, but it should be ahead of Stray. Having played both, mm. it's going to kind of piss me off if Stray's in the six and Tunic's not. Like, that's bullshit if that's the case. Mm. I can accept if it's Stray and Tunic, but fuck, if Stray gets ahead of Tunic, which I think may happen because more people played Stray and, you know, games people, they're cat people, so... There's always that fact. Yeah, I think you've said that on the show like 10 times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's part of the law. It's part of the law. <laughs> and I've never questioned it. I'm like, okay, I'll but just let you it say It feels that. true. It feels true, doesn't it? <laughs> it feels true. <laughs> oh, man. But what have you been playing? Uh, look, uh, a bunch of stuff, but uh, I'll just mention, I actually got a very special delivery of a game-related item this week that um, I will reveal next week because Mike's not on the show and I think I really want him to be here to, to show it off. But I did also get something a couple of weeks ago I forgot to mention. I got myself a uh, SN30 Pro, the 8-bit uh, SNES controller with the analogs and the the things on the top, as in like the more like triggery stuff. Yeah. And I've yet to actually try it out. Oh, but, um, okay. <laughs> I was going to say, what do you think of it? <laughs> um, oh, look, I now that I know you're interested in what I think about it, I might try it out for next week. But, um, you know, I've got the normal 8-bit dough that's just like a SNES controller, but it's wireless. But I thought, you know what, I saw it on, it was on cheap, so I grabbed it so I can, you know, maybe play a bit more fancy stuff um, via emulation in the future as well. So, But in terms of games I've been playing, so I've played a bunch more of Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. So last week I mentioned that you know, as a, as a big Borderlands fan and someone who was eagerly anticipating this game and just held off so that, you know, it got its title updates and DLC and I got it for a good price as well, that it wasn't really doing it for me. It was kind of like, I, it, it's a good game and I like some of the changes they made to the formula, but I wasn't having a lot of fun. It's definitely gotten better for me as I've gotten further into it. I think some of the early quests and the writing just didn't gel well with me. It felt it felt like they took the feedback from Borderlands 3, which was the game was too over the top and went a bit too far in the ridiculous humour. And I think they scaled it back too far. It's like they overcorrected. Oh, and yeah. to the point where the dialogues, just the jokes don't, aren't... It's almost like playing it even safer, the safest they've ever played. Um, 
but it has gotten better so some of the quests I've done have been quite funny and um, you know there, there's one quest I'd love to talk about but it's a bit of a spoiler for, for a fairly new game so I won't but they there's some really cool fourth breaking uh, fourth wall breaking stuff in it but in saying that I'm still not sold on the game as a whole yet um, I'm still pretty early but I think it's the kind of like I used to be able to play Borderlands games for hours at a time and not get bored and just love the the flow and the cycle of everything and I'm finding that after like 40 minutes of playing each this game each time I'm like ready I just put it down and go do something else oh really wow yeah compared to in a game that I would get hooked on yeah even Borderlands 3 like I actually really liked Borderlands 3 as much as it had its faults so yeah again like I said last week I'll see where I land when I actually finish it it'll probably take me a couple more weeks to finish it because again I'm not having long sessions of it Um, it's just something about it's not clicking but they did make some cool cool changes uh, to the Borderlands formula well it sounds like it's going to be a series right because they're talking about it as a franchise which it's kind of wild to me but it's done well Well, critically in in sales wise commercially yeah and I think that like to me there's still hope that that style of a Borderlands game could work for me I just think that it needs a more interesting premise and characters and I mean, I didn't realize that one of the main party members that talks to you is voiced by Adam uh, Andy Sandberg, the um, you know Lonely Island guy and all that. And it's the most boring character. I'm like, you've got this like pretty high level Hollywood celeb doing this voice, and it's a super boring character. And I just couldn't gel with him, so it was a bit weird. But um, now the game I put the most time into, but I won't talk that much to uh, this week is Thymesia or Thymesia. Um, so this is a game that uh, Mike also picked up this week. We've both been wanting to play it for a while since it came out in August. It's a, an indie Souls-like, but I'll kind of talk a little bit how it's kind of more like a Sekiro-like, to be honest. Um, but basically this game is published by Team uh, 17. I think it's from Overboarder Studio. I'm not sure what games have done in the past or if it's their first game. But this game had quite a bit of buzz in the Souls community when it came out, but not so much outside of that. And I remember watching some, uh, you know, Lobos Jr. and some top Souls uh, content creators playing it and thinking, this game actually looks really cool. It looks like for an indie game, it has a really nice visual style. Um, technically, it's actually quite good. Um, but I knew that the game was a bit smaller in scope than your average Souls likes. Like it has like a level-based mission structure. Um, so it's kind of like from a, from a budget standpoint, it's a, it is a smaller scale game. But the reason why it's like a Sekiro-like is because the combat is much closer to Sekiro than it is a Dark Souls. In a sense that you don't have stamina. That you, when you're dealing damage to uh, enemies, you're dealing like this green damage, like a scratch damage that will replenish unless you hit it with another type of damage to break it away. And then once you get down to a certain point, it then triggers like the death blows from Sekiro. And things like, um, it's all about deflecting as well like Sekiro but the game itself is closer to like in terms of navigating the levels is closer to Dark Souls so it's like in between and it's got for instance it's got like leveling your character like Dark Souls but it's got a skill tree like Sekiro so it is a hybrid yeah it is like an an exact hybrid in terms of its gameplay mechanics and I really enjoyed it I I beat the game Um, it's not that long um, and I, I quite enjoyed it although it definitely has its faults and I'll probably talk about those faults with next week with Mike because Mike actually when I first spoke to him about it and he, after like a day of him maybe trying it out 
he wasn't sold on the game. He really? actually wasn't having a great time. And I think some of it to do with the flow of the combat just wasn't gelling with him and other reasons. So I'm looking forward to hearing his take on that, considering I actually did end up quite liking the game. So. Don't you think it's crazy that... Because, like, with the Sekiro combat, was there another game that did that combat before Sekiro? I mean, Sekiro is it's not... Stinkly? It's not too far off from more traditional character action games and a sure. Souls game. Um but look, there, I'm sure there is an example I can't think of. There's probably like a more like a, um, a Kengo, or there's some like there's there's some more like samurai style games that may have been more about deflecting and mm. parrying, and then like critical hits like Sekiro. But I mean, this honestly, this game has made me want to really go and start Sekiro now. So um, I really, I really want to play it, but I feel like I don't know if I'm going to be good enough because there's like especially Elden Ring but I feel like all the Souls games you can cheese a bit yeah like whereas Sekiro from everything I hear it's there's no cheesing it's like some people are like oh it's probably the hardest one because it's Hmm. less of that bullshit maybe Bloodborne as well I think so I don't know you're the Bloodborne expert yeah, well, I know I also know a damn lot about Sekiro for someone who's never played Sekiro as well. So, um, I love it, I love it. But, but um, <laughs> so when I go to play Sekiro, I will have the benefit of actually knowing a lot about the game. So, um, But look, I, I'm i actually more confident to play Sekiro now considering um, I got comfortable with the whole deflecting style gameplay with the Mesia. A um, couple of other games I just wanted to talk about. So um, I played the... Actually, let me set the stage a bit. So, a number of maybe a couple of months back around QuakeCon time, Bethesda actually added a whole bunch of their classic games into Game Pass, um, specifically PC Game Pass, um, including some more obscure Elder Scrolls games. So, the Elder Scrolls Adventures Redguard and Elder Scrolls Legend Battlespire. Now, have I got the right B roll? Because this. That is Redguard. Oh, that is Redguard. Like, have I got the right thing? Surely you're not playing this game. <laughs> that is Redguard. And let me just say, I was familiar with these games, the you know the concept of them and gameplay and stuff from watching videos on YouTube a while back. But yeah. It, yeah. Retrospective this series. But I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to go and try and play. I played Redguard, the first one, the one that's on the screen at the moment. And it's very tough. Very tough to play this game in day and age. Like this game came out '98, so oh, when wow. you think about the games that came out '98, there's a lot of good games that still hold up. I don't think this game is one of them. Um, there's probably a lot of people that love this game, and I just I couldn't play more than maybe the half an hour of it. It was just oh really tough. half an hour. The, shit. The, the, the dialogue, the voice acting, it was all is pretty it terrible? Not many young people have an ear for the snake song anymore. Oh, it was rough. And this one, that game, this game was directed by Todd Howard as well. So um, <laughs> he's upped his game. Anyone complaining about Starfield, go and play Redguard, and then you'll you'll suddenly you'll feel a lot more comfortable playing a game like Starfield. Why so, did you say the writing was shit or something? No, just look, quality, general quality of game. Really, Todd Howard's got he's 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 upped his game a lot let me just put that oh, way. wow yeah it was a pretty tough to play and battle spire was a little bit better so that game was as like another spin-off that's more of a it's like you you spawn into like a dungeon but there's also like a multiplayer aspect to it but again i couldn't play that much more of that and i'm happy they added these games in especially from a game preservation standpoint they're just pretty tough for a new player to start in this day and age so now, a game that's not so tough for a new player to start is Deathloop. So I finally tried out Deathloop. Um, I actually tried it last week, but we didn't have time to talk about it. Um, 
And oh, okay. I look, I'm I'm a big fan of uh, Dishonored, and this game is has a lot of Dishonored's uh, DNA in it. Um, but what I found was I only went through probably played it for maybe two hours, so I hadn't experienced a lot of the game yet, of course. But what I found the game is such a cool concept and such a unique concept in the way they deliver it. But I just, it was almost like there's so much information thrown at the player in those those opening the opening hour that I just found it a bit like, oh man, this is a bit much for me now. Um, like I know when you get into the flower stuff, it probably becomes second nature. But mm. just the way that the mission structures work, the fact that it's so open ended, so you're like, oh crap, what do I do now? Um, but from a gameplay standpoint, I, I was loving it. Like, again, like it's very Dishonored in many ways. And I hadn't even unlocked a lot of the abilities that are like Dishonored, like the ability to like warp between points and stuff like that. Um, so obviously I'm going to be going back to Deathloop. Um, and I know that Mike is keen to talk about it once we've both probably given it a bit of a shot in the future. But I just want to just mention that I played it a little bit. Um, and well, It's interesting because yeah. it's a game that's like touted as... It was game of the year for a lot of outlets. And, you know, I think you both had it as game of the year predicted game of the year uh last year right so mm. yeah but i i have heard a lot of people bouncing off it like playing it a bit and going eh, i'm just not sure about this game so i don't think it's very newbie friendly honestly mm. i think there's i think there's probably a better way of as a game as a game designer myself <laughs> no so look obviously arcane, 100, arcane, your 100th episode so this marks you as an expert yes. now. you've got the look, pin Arcane are obviously fantastic <laughs> game designers from what they've done in the past as well, but I definitely think there's... I don't really know if I agree with the way they introduced the whole game. It just mm. felt like... As in like the intro to the game, I should say. Yeah. It It is a little overwhelming. Like, oh, there's a lot of information. It's And because it's so different to nearly any other game you've played in the way that it works. Really? That it's, you're not only getting used to that fact, but then you're having to learn about all, like, the UI and the inf- like the systems and stuff. There's a lot going on, but demands look, a lot of the player. Good. Demands a lot of the player in to introduce the world to them. It does, yeah. Mm, but okay. uh, I'll definitely go back to it. Um, the last game I'll talk about is a new release game this week. Um, another Game Pass edition, which is a Plague Tale Requiem. So this is the sequel to a Plague Tale Innocence. Innocence that any uh, that if you didn't know, I should say, and it's from. Um, can never remember if it's a Sobi or a Sobo. I think it's a Sobi. I think it's a Sobi. Anyway, it's from the... Isn't one of them, like, the Japanese... One of them's the Astrobot Astro- people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And one of them's the Plague Tale people. I think I that's a which Sobo, is which. isn't it? Yeah. So, <laughs> now this... They also worked on... Um, this developer also worked on uh, Flight Simulator as well. So, it's such a weird kind of mix between the the two styles. But, look, I, I really enjoyed what I played of the first Plague Tale game. Um... But I talked, mentioned it last week where I didn't know how much I was going to play this because I never finished the first one. So I took a chance because I, you know, I have to also try out every Game Pass game as part of my ridiculous resolution that I made. So I played, probably played through the first couple of chapters in, in this game. And look, it's really fun. It's very similar to Innocence. Yeah, it looks in its real gameplay. fun. <laughs> Kids um, are dying that, and shit. No, it's funny in terms of like to play. You yeah, know, yeah, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. It's a Sobo, tone, by the way. It's a Sobo. The tone is obviously very morbid in places, but it's uh, and look it's it plays very similar similarly i hate that word so much but <laughs> i know th- i know they've made improvements to the combat and there are things they've done and obviously a lot of the stuff i haven't seen is probably going to be new gameplay elements as well 
but look, it's really, really cool. It's an absolutely gorgeous game. I was playing on Series X, and there's been a lot of hullabaloo this week about this game, and last week we talked about Gotham Knights as well mm. uh, in terms of performance. So first of all, I just want to actually say, look, last week the way that we talked about Gotham Knights, and I still agree, hey, 30 frames a second on a, on a the current generation consoles is ridiculous, but I'm going to sound like an incredible hypocrite now with what I'll talk about with this game. Um, <laughs> This game on Series X, at least on you know, with my setup, doesn't run at 30. It runs close to... Look, I don't know the exact amount, but it's like a 40 or a 45. It's higher than 30, right? It's yeah. more... It's smoother than 30 for me. Um, it's not... Weirdly in cutscenes, it seems like it's running at 60 and stuff like that, but performance-wise, it actually works 100% fine Like when I'm playing the game, and I think it's because of the style of game it is. It's there's action in it, but it feels smoother than like it's weird. That's what I'm saying. It's not 30. It feels smooth enough to the point where I'm like, this is fine. But I think a lot of people are obviously complaining about it online, and I understand that. And as I said, I complained last week about Gotham Knights, and I've never played that game either, so I couldn't, I can't judge that by mm. hand. But it did feel smoother. Um, but it is an interesting discussion in general about this generation because we're going to start seeing it more and more where there's games that don't have a 60 frames. And there's a lot of discussion around the Series S with this as well, where there's you know some developers saying because of the requirements to release it on the Series S, to be able to put it on Xbox at all, it's holding us back. There's a lot of discussion around that. I almost put that as a segment this week because there was enough talking points about it. So. Yeah, it's. I mean, we might as well talk about it now, but it is a it is an interesting thing because I have heard some countervailing views which are interesting because you know some of the criticism that people have had it's like oh you know halo infinite shit because they were targeting series s and right right but it's like oh hang on it was released on the xbox one toaster vhs Mm. one right so like don't worry about the series s in that case but it it is true if you're trying to target cross-platform next gen which is like current gen but it still feels like next gen because next gen games aren't coming out it it is a bit of an albatross around the neck of next gen in a way right Mm. And I think it will force some companies, or has maybe, to say, you know what, fuck Xbox. Like, this is going to be... Like, Mm. I think they've got to be careful, Microsoft, to monitor the situation. Because I do think some smaller, like, you know, the AA publishers and studios, not that there's really such a thing, but I think some of them might just go, you know what, like, let's just target PS5, make it, you know, AA next-gen game... Mm. Because targeting Xbox, you, like you said, you have to have Series S. And that's like... Uh, what is it? It's kind of like a souped-up One X? Xbox One X? The Series souped, S? Up one, souped up One X, but actually has some more limitations than the One X. Yeah, yeah. And like, we've got hard, it's got hardcore like uh, GPU issues, right? So, I don't know, man. They, I, like, I can see a world where they might just say that some games are... <laughs> I, I don't know. What, like, what are your thoughts just quickly on it? Do you think there's I, a situation where they'll say it's only going to be Series X, a certain game? Yes, and you I do? think the, wow. way, the way they will get, a, I think the way they will get around that is by in those in those situations they will make the game streaming on Series S because yeah. it's still available, but it's just it will be a cloud version. I think that's the way they'll get around it <laughs> later. In, dodgy. I think you're later right. in the generation uh, because that's also how they will continue to say that you can play some of their first party stuff on Xbox One 
hey, because you can stream yeah, it. Yeah, they have know? said that, haven't they? Yeah. And technically, look, technically you can play it. Look, it is, sure, it's a loophole, but you technically <laughs> can play it. But then you can also play it on your phone, you know. That's true, um, that's true. So, so, look, so yeah, going I, back to Requiem, is it a Game of the Year contender? Well, I haven't played enough of it to say that. I think that it's... I think it will be in contention for some people. I don't know if it's going to be like a Game Awards level. The weird thing about sequels as well, unless they're like a God of War, for instance, kind of level yeah. sequel, I think that because some of the shines, because it's not as much of a new experience, maybe it doesn't get as much appreciation at that critical level, or at least, you know, award season level, than it probably should. Mm. But hey, I wouldn't be surprised. Again, I've only played through the first couple of chapters. Um, it's, look, the game, just like Innocence before, really, really cool, absolutely gorgeous games as well. I uh, love the world they create in it, so. Mm, nice. nice. Cool. All right, awesome. well, I guess we'll jump into um, our couple of news stories we've got this week. The first being the PS5 DualSense Edge Controller. So Sony have revealed the launch date and price of the PS5 Pro Controller to DualSense Edge. It will be launching on... Actually, I didn't double-check this. 25th of Jan, I believe it is. Next year with yeah, pre-orders... Yeah, 26 for us. 26, yeah. With pre-orders going live this Tuesday, 25th of October. I'm not sure if the pre-orders for Australia or not. Well, um, I, I did some digging just quickly. And JB Hi-Fi... I don't know if many people know this, but JB Hi-Fi has like a, a soft landing page for it already. Cool. So I think Monday they'll probably set everything up and, and send the message out that pre-orders will come as well. So we don't have official Aussie prices yet, unless that JB landing page is saying it, but it's, it's, going, it's going for $200 USD, which is roughly around 315 Australian here. Now, that's I'm assuming it's probably going to land closer to 350 for us. Well, definitely. So it's, you know... 315-ish if you just do a pure comparison US dollars to Aussie dollars GST brings you to like 350 and if you look at all the stuff they've released it's not like they're going under right so it's gonna be 350 Australian as a starting point which is like I don't know do you want to before getting into the commentary do you want to cover any of the other features look I'll just say look because some of this stuff was you know some of it a little up in the air but I will talk about the inclusions what you actually get for it because you yeah. don't get everything with it but you do get a bunch of stuff so oh, obviously inter- I'm, the- I'm now interested to hear what you're saying you don't get I need to know so you get the controller of course you get a USB braided cable you get a bunch of the uh, the stick caps so you get like two standard ones two high dome ones and two low dome ones you get two different types of back buttons now just to be clear um, anyone that doesn't know the details of the features of this controller there's only two back buttons on this one unlike the Elite which has four but you get two different types included you get a connector housing and a carrier case now what you don't get and this is what I want to be clear uh, unlike the the Xbox Pro controllers which gives you a couple of different variations of the analog sticks you pay op- you pay for them separately with this one which I think is fine right it's oh, I get what you're saying. I get what you're yeah, saying. so the actual... Because you can change the analog stick modules. You can change them to different types. And they will cost around $20 USD each. Um, so if you want to... I'm guessing... I don't know if that means it's a dual pack is 20 I or if the single one is 20 I'm not sure of that. I know there's a big oh, difference there. That's a, that's a good I point. I know there's a big difference Shit, there. actually... I don't know if that's been confirmed, dude. That's a good point, man. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> so, um, I was going off VGC's information because we pilfer all our 
content from them great website but i was like oh i don't know if this means a double pack or not um because look maybe you only want to change one of them replace one of them but generally mm. if you for instance in my series uh, my elite 2 controller like it's if i'm gonna change to the sticks i'll change them both you know so yeah but yeah exactly if one breaks i'd kind of almost be inclined to to you know replace both of them for some reason but mm. Mm. it's actually a really good point i haven't seen it clarified anywhere i'm just checking it now as well even the playstation blog just says replaceable stick modules will be available that tells me it's probably just a single one i think you're right damn it man that's look i honestly like usually only one breaks because you're using it a lot more yeah but, yeah look like f- just quickly on the module because we're talking about it i do actually think this is the number one feature of this controller that makes me go oh maybe i would eventually want to get it because stick drift is ridiculous like you already had stick drift on your dual sense which is outrageous so i had i had stick drift on my dual sense and this week my og uh, series a series x controller started drifting yeah and you know i'm so pissed i've actually dude i've actually been close to, i don't i haven't told you but i was really close to getting like an elite controller mm-hmm. right and then mike had the issues with drift i'm like dude i'm not gonna spend like 200 250 or whatever it is mm-hmm. in australia on a controller that's gonna break like and then i can't fix it right so the, the module because that's the number one thing that's normally gonna break then maybe the triggers are probably after that like and they're hard to fix like other things you could probably pull it apart and clean it up a bit but but yeah the price dude you want to talk about the price Fucking yeah brutal. so <laughs> when we f- t- first talked about this when they revealed the dual sense edge we had it go uh, estimated yeah, what the price okay. would be and did, we, did you qu- get did you get what it was what we said so so you i think you asked me and i said i said I can definitely see PlayStation pricing it higher than the the Elite Control, which was around two fifty, I think, um, because it's PlayStation brand. They have they can charge a more premium or whatever. But I assume I'm like maybe it will be like twenty dollars more, like or two eighty, maybe thirty dollars yeah, yeah. more. I wasn't expecting such a jump. Now, what I wasn't considering back then was that this is the DualSense controller. There's there's arguably more technology in this than this, the Xbox equivalent simply mm. because of the, the crazy haptics, the everything to do with the the triggers and all that stuff, right? So you could argue that, look, this that technology in that premium form factor can ask a higher premium price than that, but asking $100 more is pretty wild. <laughs> pretty wild. Yeah, dude, it's brutal. It's so brutal, eh? Yeah, you better you better love PlayStation if you buy this controller. I dude, I like, I don't know, like it makes me worried about PSVR two. I feel like PSVR two, like, because what's the American pricing? It's like five hundred US dollars, I think, and then Australia it was seven fifty Australian dollars, and now it's gone up to eight hundred Australian. Are you dollars talking about for the PS five? Oh, okay, yeah. I thought you were talking about PSVR. I'm like, wait. I just think PSVR. No, sorry, because I'm trying to work it out. Yeah, yeah. I feel like with PSVR, they're just going to straight up say, like, maybe... I feel like they're probably going to say internally, we can't make it more expensive than the PlayStation. The PlayStation 5 is $500, right? Hmm. Maybe they'll do something like 450 
so they can still argue it's less right because I don't think they can bear that headline and then in Australia it will turn out to be like 750 seven, like 800 oh, anyway. oh man stuff's getting pretty pricey <laughs> well are these fucking meta like meta quest sorry the quest 2 going up in price playstation were like thank god and now that the Quest Pro got announced at 1500 US, they would have been like dancing. Zuckerberg! Zuckerberg! We love this guy. I I know that the, you know, this probably didn't come into the decision making, but you know how they increased. Well, because they didn't increase the price in the US, actually. No, so that, no, 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 no. My, what that would have been controversial. stupid. That would have been no, controversial. I, in my head, I'm like, does that lessen the blow if the PSVR is like up there? It's like, well, then that works for us, so we're not selling it more than the console. But then in the US, they didn't increase it. Um, Look, this we know the PSVR two is um, has a lot of cool stuff that the original didn't have, and there's a lot of cool things about it. But oh man, it's um, it's gonna be pricey to have a full setup of that stuff. I know. It, this is when you know that you're not rich, Because <laughs> right? I look at it, and I'm like, look, it's gonna be three fifty Australian dollars, three fifty man. Like, you could get a switch, <laughs> right? It's crazy. And I know it'll go on sale, but it's gonna go on sale for like two nine nine. Like that's a lot of money, man, for a fucking controller. Like when we were kids, I know uh, we're old, blah, blah, blah. but you know people would go, "Oh, I'm not gonna buy an official Super Nintendo controller for twenty dollars. I'm gonna buy a shitty Mayflash one for fifteen or ten, right?" Like, third-party controllers were so big back in the day. The controllers were cheap! They were dirt cheap! Like, it's fucking madness now. Like, you were right. You were on the money, man. I was just, like, I think in denial. I was like, oh. And I think also we were stuffing it up because, you know, the Elite was based on a better conversion rate. So they're kind of anchored in Australia at that price. But if, you know, it's like 180 US, the Elite 2, right? This is 200. So it's... It's not astronomically different, to be fair, but I do find that the Elite 2 goes on sale a lot more and it's anchored at a better price in Australia. Well, also interesting because Xbox, um, they announced that like cheaper um, the model. Core. The, the, yeah, yeah the core one. Of, I don't get that though. Well, I mean, it's it's just you, you're getting the same control, you're just not getting all the features with all the attachments, yeah. you know. But... Um, Look, this still looks like a really cool controller. I'm definitely not going to be getting one. That's for 100 percent sure. But, yeah. um, you know, I bought I bought an Xbox version of it, so that's because that's my main console that I play on all the time. So I think if you're playing your PlayStation all the time, eventually, as long as the thing holds up to wear and tear, yeah, you'll get you you'll probably get your money's worth out of it. You know, <laughs> I mean, the dual sense have held up so well, so. <laughs> You've already had to replace yours. You bought the dual sets already. It's crazy. Yeah, it looked like uh, I think I'd get it if it was two fifty Australian, right? So whatever that works out to in American. But oh, like fuck, man! I definitely won't get it if it, like it's gonna be three fifty. I'm not getting it three fifty. I'm I not gonna know, pre-order. I'm not gonna. Pre-order. I don't know how your kids are with your con- game controllers, but dude. like I'd be worried about having that controller as <laughs> kids. Oh, well, dude, like I said to you before the show, my kids. Ha- this is why my lighting's weird today. They broke one of my ring lights, and also they bent up a bunch of my amiibo and everything in my room. Like naughty kids, bastards. Mm. 
Man, you um, wouldn't want a $350 controller and uh, kids. Well, like they've wrecked that. more expensive Amiibo than that. Some of the Amiibo I have are like $500, $600 now. Man, you're going to have to take out a general insurance policy <laughs> on these bloody controllers. I know, I know, I know. They actually put it in their room and they go, oh, we did it for you. And it's all like bent up and shit. <laughs> I'm like, this is awesome. It's really funny. I actually didn't get that upset. I got upset about the ring light being broken, but... um. Yeah, dude. Uh, God, this is painful. It's painful. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna pre-order it. I was really excited about it. Can I just say, like, the Dual Sense is not better than the Dual Shock Four. Dual Shock mm. Four to be maybe the best controller of all time. Now, I'm still shitty at Sony, and Sony's getting very Apple-like, right? I'm still freaking really shitty at Sony. I don't know if you know this, Winnie, but if you were playing a PlayStation Five game on the PlayStation Five. You cannot use the DualShock 4. I know. I damn well know. Because it's fucking otherwise, bullshit. Otherwise, I'd be buying an offset, uh, an offset stick PS4 controller to play on it. Yeah, because look, like I have one on my desk at all times, right? And I, I, I've got the back button accessory, right? I would actually... I'm almost fine with that. Like, that's... I'm done, right? But they don't allow you to do that. You can only play PlayStation 4 games with the DualShock 4. So- they should change so, that. That's bullshit, man. So I actually... That's a comment I've seen on a bunch of people like on Reddit and stuff about this when they revealed the price. People like, I just want a back button controller for the, my existing yeah. DualSense, right? It wouldn't surprise me if in a couple of years, once Sony's kind of gotten <laughs> yeah, yeah, as yeah. much as they can out of the <laughs> DualSense edge, that they do that. Like, it wouldn't put it past them. And... To be honest, it makes business sense. You know, it makes business sense to do that. So people buy that, and then the laggards get the uh, the attachment if they want it. But it's very, it's pretty skeezy, right? It's pretty dodgy. Like, because it's there's no reason why they shouldn't allow you to use a DualShock Four. There is no reason. Like, they can't argue that. Like, it's it's actually something that they like. This is why I hate games like mainstream games media because they don't hold them account for this bullshit like they should be blasting them every single time for this kind of anti like consumer practice crap right now I'm like worked up about that now I'm gonna boycott it I'm turning into Mike (laughs) see unlike Mike you are a man of principle (laughs) yeah true but that's why I don't boycott many things apart from I don't I don't think Mike's still listening so I can say that (laughs) whoever is Saudi Arabia however they take over you know hopefully it's not how would it work if they bought Ubisoft and I'm playing Sparks of Hope? Would I have to just like stop playing? <laughs> I've already bought it. Well, it's too late. You'd probably beaten it by the time that comes around. True, so. true. Good point. Good point. But yeah, I, look, and I, I hadn't seen the locking mechanism for the braided cable before. I think that's new news. I don't think that was a part of the original announcement. That's really cool because, mm. like, just like this, you can see I use things in a fixed manner mm. right so for me again that's a really cool feature like the features are really sick for this controller it's just too expensive maybe if it's 250 i'll buy it i'll see how it goes maybe the money you make from trading sparta hope back or whatever <laughs> you can use that as credit towards this Dude. and then you pretend it's 250 australian i've got two copies of sparks of hope so why do you have two copies of sparks because of hope? i went to jb to pick it up right i had a long day at work I got there, and I'm like, alright, I'm going to buy this and play it a bit for the show. Because normally I don't buy these games new, outside of the show, right? Mm. So I go to JB to pick it up, right? And they're like, 
oh, Bayonetta's out. I'm like, no, 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 no. Because I ordered Bayonetta 3 and Sparks of Hope on the mm. same order. And this lady was super excited. Bayonetta's out. Oh, my God. We'll talk about that, sh- that later in the show. Because um, I actually asked her about the whole <laughs> VA issue. Anyway. And she's like, oh, that's interesting. I don't remember seeing it. So she's looking for it. And they're like, ah, oh, it's not here. I'm like, what do you mean? It's coming out today. And they're like, oh, they might have stuffed up the delivery guys because all the games come in on a Friday and they're like, oh, I guess the, it's going to come tomorrow. I'm like, the fuck? <laughs> like, what do you mean? This is bullshit. And she goes, look, don't worry. Like, if you go somewhere else and buy it, just we'll cancel this. I'm like, sweet. All right, cool. So the EB games is like, like pretty much opposite the JB. Go to EB, they have it, match the price, boom. Go back to JB, I go, hey, I already got it. Here you go. Like, can I cancel it? And the guy goes because it's a different guy you know you always get those situations he's like oh you know where's the game I go no 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 this is the problem you don't have the game that's why I'm like cancelling it and he goes oh okay hmm he checks it no you can't cancel it until the game comes I'm like wait what do you mean <laughs> right he's like yeah, you have to wait till the game arrives I'm like what happens if the game doesn't arrive like I've literally had that happen at JB where like something never arrived and he goes, oh, really? Oh, okay. Hmm, yeah, I don't know what you do. <laughs> like, what the fuck? And I haven't been back to the store. So I've got like the JB one that I fully paid for. And I've got the one that I'm playing from EB right now. So fucking hell, JB, get your shit together. I don't trust them when it comes to day one stuff. They've fucked me over three times now. That's my little rant, Swinny. <laughs> no worries. Now, we have one other story, and Intigo, I think you're going to take this one away because it's about analog. Yay. Uh, yeah, so there's a whole bunch of analog news. Uh, I'll start with the one that you'd be really excited about that they announced. So, you know how they have Analog Day every October 16th? Yes. And people, get, I get hyped about it. They've done a very good thing. <laughs> I think they're like realized they're a little bit behind, <laughs> they still are not like got all the analog pockets in everyone's hands yeah they announced the analog duo that's still you still can't order it so that was two years ago now and i think they just were like okay we're just gonna we're just gonna announce and talk about stuff that we've already done right all that's coming so there's a couple of announcements that are pretty critical number one is you i believe you should be getting your analog pocket this year not in 2023 i'll uh i'll uh I'll get excited when I see it. Have you have you got received anything from them by email? No. Really? Oh shit, that's so interesting. So they said the vast majority of like so everyone in the stage two are gonna get it. Like they're getting it now. Hmm. And then in stage three, I think they said ninety five percent are gonna be delivered this year. Well, so, pr- I'm probably part of that five percent. <laughs> maybe, but look, like I think you'll be getting yours very shortly. And it won't yeah, be, cool. you know, because initially we were talking about 2023, like a year from now. It sounds like it's going to be more like months for you. So that's really cool news. Cool. The other thing is that the Analog Super NT and Mega SG, so these are the, you know, FPGA clone slash hardware emulator, whatever you want to say, I don't really care. Uh, SNES and Mega Drive slash Genesis, they are doing a final run of them. So they're going to have an open pre-order, if you want these systems you can order it and then never gonna make them again right hmm. and people are re- like i want to get your take on it man people are like getting fired up about this shit like oh this is bullshit that they're doing this well look people get fired up about bloody anything these days 
Thursdays, we know that. I think it does seem a little odd, unless they're planning on some kind of new version that of, in that space that's handling the same kind of stuff. Look, I don't know what that would be. I know they're not in the in the business of these multi-retro consoles and stuff, but it does seem odd to me because that just seems like a revenue stream for them to close that off. Like, you could you could basically just do this order, not say it's a final run, and treat it as a final run, right? But to announce it as a final run, now obviously they want they want the whole um, FOMO element, but these things sell out anyway, so you don't need the FOMO to sell them. So I think it's going to be more like an open pre-order. I probably should double-check that, but... But, I, look, so I come from a different angle. I'm like... Because I've made something doesn't mean that I'm... I am now at the mercy of the world to make that thing forever right it, it actually really and it's a really weird example i'm gonna say but it really reminds me of something like bands like metallica changing their style making different music and people going no you should be making thrash metal because you're the best thrash metal band that's ever existed which is true in my world right and i think that view is like ridiculous it's like they are an entity that can do whatever they want and i can also mm go i don't like their music right anymore or mm. then like the newer stuff's not too bad but like it's I, they don't owe anyone anything and i look honestly like i'm really shocked at people's reaction with this like because people are like this is like the best way to play snes cartridges genesis mega drive cartridges in the most authentic way kind of that you can sustainably and now like they're not going to make it anymore but like, the well, thing is it's you. not it's, it's not like, the only way. Sure, it might be the best way. It's not the only way. Though. It's the best way. That's why, like, yeah, people are getting fired up about it. I'm like, wow, this is people are so entitled in this community. It really actually gives me the shits. And all these people are probably already own the fucking thing. Oh, 100. percent. They're they're worried about shit that's like hypothetical, right? Like, yeah. the people that will get into the scene in five years' time will not be able to have the. It's like fuck off. Like, the, I don't know. It's actually getting really annoyed. Vicariously outraged. Yeah, I'm, I'm like an analog stand. Um, but the other big announcement was that the po- the analog pocket, so it's got these cartridge adapters. So you can already get them for like Game Gear. They're finally available for things like Neo Geo Pocket. So if you've got any of those cartridges, you can plug the adapter in and then plug it straight in and it will just work. It's interesting because that core doesn't seem to be in the analog pocket yet. And yet they're announcing and got a pre-order for the the cartridge adapters it is a bit annoying to me that you know if you've ordered the cartridge adapters now you have to order more and their shipping is so outrageous it's so expensive analog shipping i wonder outside of japan how many people actually own neo geo pocket carts like I just wonder how many people. Yeah, not that many, is. not many, <laughs> yeah. not many, right? Yeah, I, I just, it just popped in my head. I, I played Neo Geo Color games, and I played them emulation. You know, there's no way I would yeah. ever play those on an actual Neo Geo Pocket. Because this one's going to come as like a three pack, so it's actually going to have the Atari Lynx as well, and which I think is much more common in Australia. I remember people having the Atari Lynx. Yeah, one. yeah, the Target had a Lynx. Exactly, that, so. and then the Turbo Graphics 16 PC Engine. Super graphics adapt. Like I've never seen that in in the flesh. Have you ever mm. seen that in real life? Like, like up, like you know, like in your hands. A turbo graphics. Yeah, or a PC engine. 
I'm uh, just trying to think because I was at PAX the other weekend they had some stuff there I don't think they had a turbo graphics there they had like a little it's tiny little kind of like classic retro console display with different stuff there yeah. um, they had like 10 different kinds of Commodore 64s you know and stuff like that which was cool but yeah yeah but no turbo graphics I don't think yeah okay and I just double checked it doesn't seem like it isn't it doesn't seem like it's an open pre-order for Super NT and Mega SG. So if you do want those, like you definitely have to make sure you get it because it's like, like they said, they it's going to be the last time that they make it. One one point though, because they have made this analog DAC which allows you to plug in these systems and then output to a CRT slash TV, like old school TV. I do wonder, because they're also, they're not making the NT Mini, which is like the more expensive NES. I, I kind of do wonder if they are actually going to make like a multi-platform system console, mm. which I think you'd be sh- sh- uh, kind of annoyed about because you might be like, oh, maybe I'd want that, but then you don't have the cartridges, so no, I've got sense. like I've got like four NES cartridges. I've got no other. Yeah. Car- the only cartridges I have like Super Nintendo six, sixty-four, and, and but Super they won't have that. They won't have that. Yeah. So. Yeah, so I, I like I do think that that might be a possibility. The other weird one was, and I thought it was so funny at the start, and then I'm like, is it as crazy as I actually think it is? Someone was like, oh, are they just going to release like a Super Nintendo cartridge adapter for the Pocket? Now, to be clear, like the only thing that they need, because there's not, there's absolutely nothing stopping them from doing that. That's be ridiculous. Well, but is It'd it? Be like you're holding a big T. <laughs> <laughs> I know that they don't weigh anything, but it just feels ridiculous to chuck a, a cart that's almost the size of the whole system <laughs> on top of the system. Or the like analog pocket's pretty big. It's it. like bigger than... It, it's probably the size of a, a SNES cart. But yeah, you're right. It's like a SNES cart yeah. and then a SNES cart on the other like angle. Yeah, yeah. But is it that crazy? I ask you. But wouldn't it block like good access to the shoulder buttons if you had to put a SNES cart oh, on Oh, they'd obviously have to account for that, but... Uh, would you get it? Look, would you get it? No, I wouldn't okay. get it. I've got a Super NT. Why would I need that? Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. I don't know. It's kind of funny because it's funny. Stupid. No, do you know why I do it? Because <laughs> it's my equivalent of grabbing a typewriter and taking it into Starbucks. <laughs> if I start playing like a Super Nin- <laughs> like a Super Nintendo cartridge. No. <laughs> to me, awesome. to me, to me, what that reminds <laughs> me of. Have you ever seen those like the thirty two X? Um, yeah, 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 where Dude. they put thirty two X's on top of each other. No, my my cousin, he was like mega into uh, Sega stuff, right? Mm. And I was always Nintendo. It was kind of funny, right? And he had all of that shit. Like I remember going to his house, and it was like the thirty two X, the Mega Drive thing, and then mm. it was like the extra thing on the side with the CD. And I was like, this looks like. It's like a transformer or some shit. But I'm talking about these jokes. I, I know, I know, there, I, I know what you're talking put about. Multiple know, ones know, on top know, of each other, I which I don't even know if it technically actually works. But um, yeah. Ha- having yeah. said that, there are Nintendo things like that. I just never got into them, like hmm. the Game Boy Player for the GameCube. Yeah. Or the Super DD, which never came out for the 64 in Australia. So, hmm. um, so yeah, lots of the analog stuff there. Uh, some other analog pocket news. Um, there was a. Uh, PC Engine core that got released for the analog pocket so maybe we need to go back to Bonk and do another retrospective on the pocket when you get it because um, you can play that now on the pocket and cool. it would actually be a good way to play it um, the other one that I wanted to shout out was uh, Jutago I know that I mentioned it last time with the whole 
like DRM cores and like a lot of people getting really shitty about it. And then also like, are these ever going to be public? What the hell's going on? So there was a lot more clarity around that. And effectively, he's just like, everything will eventually be in the public within two to three months. So I think like, okay. I, I still think the DRM thing is annoying, but given that you know it will come out eventually, if you're even supporting him, it's like, you will have a version that will just work on anything in the future, right? Because everyone, fair enough. And I that's think that's fair okay. Enough. That's fair enough. It's that's still, enough. I still think it's a dumb way to do it with the DRM. I don't think it's necessary, but like, yeah, I think at this point now, you can't get annoyed about it. So I, it was good that they came out and corrected. Oh, you can still, people can still get annoyed because yes. you don't need, you don't need logic or empathy to get annoyed. That's true. Yeah. In the culture that we're in at the moment. Yes. That's hundred percent true. I think a reasonable person can't get annoyed. There you go. There you go. Let's define the reasonable person. That's like two percent of the population based. <laughs> well, on if it feels like it at the moment, it's very disappointing. Um, so yeah, like constantly cool news about analog. Um, it's gonna be really exciting when the CPS one, two, and th- like one, one and a half, and two systems start working. So it's like X Men versus Street Fighter, all those kind of games. That's gonna be insane. I'm still just really looking forward to when they finally allow the analog DAC so then I can plug it into my TV and that works like it's super annoying that's still not available to me I want to play my goddamn Game Boy games on a real CRT damn it yeah like they were meant to be played right (laughs) (laughs) but I I never I never had a Super Game Boy so for me it's like I don't know it would be cool like I want to see what they're they're like you know I'm looking forward to it so yeah, Analog Pocket, it's a, it's a good time to be a Pocket owner and I'm hoping you'll get one this year. That'll be a good Christmas present. I hope so too. Mm. Now, it's time for the return of the Big Sizzler! Yay! So, this is where we wrap up a bunch of the smaller topics and topics we didn't want to do full yeah. segments on and all the research involved in that. Um, yeah. You know, we can just spurt nonsense and be yeah. wrong about everything, but no because research. it's in the big sizzler, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Exactly. Let's start with no. a small one. Um, Bayonetta 3, the voice <laughs> <laughs> actor. I, I know you guys didn't want to talk about it, but it is like, it, dude, when I went to JB, you know, continuing this JB story, mm. I asked the lady, I was like, hey, what do you, like, I, I said something flippant, like, are you going to boycott it? When <laughs> she said, oh, Bayonetta 3, is that out today? Oh my God, I'm, I can't wait. And I'm like, are you going to boycott it? And she's like, oh, I work in the film industry. And even if it is $4,000, that's still the award rate or whatever. And I'm like, hmm, okay, that's an interesting take on it. But it look, I, I get where you guys were coming from because ultimately there's two parties that are saying things that can't both be true. Uh, let's just, sorry, just, yeah, I just yeah, want to yeah, set some yeah. context. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. the original yes, yes, yes. Bayonetta voice actor and, and uh, I think it's Helena, Helena Taylor. Taylor. And she also voiced, like, uh, the Bayonetta in Smash Brothers. So, you know, the original actress, she's not the actress in Bayonetta 3. That is um, Jessica... Uh, no, it's Jennifer Hale. Very famous voice actress. Um, and she came out this earlier this week saying, hey, you know, I was low-balled with a $4,000... I think it's US offer. Yeah, um, she said US, yeah. To reprise a role. The series has sold $400 million or so. Like, all this stuff. Yeah, it's, um, which is not true. And basically just said, you know, like, hey, we, I want people to boycott this thing. Like, So she put out stuff there. The reason why I actually didn't want to cover this as a full topic was because the chips are still up in the air. Everything's still kind of yet to... F- we've yet to see where everything lands in terms of the actual truth of everything. 
in saying that, there's a lot of stuff like about Jason Schreier reporting around actual documentation and and things, but there's NDAs involved. There's a whole bunch of stuff. I think, honestly, when it comes to who's the arsehole here, there's definitely arseholes on both sides. You know, the way that, that she approached this and the, the fact that she likely or reportedly broke an NDA to oh, she talk definitely about did. this she definitely did. Meant, meant that she's probably never going to get hired even if she was going to in the future in the industry. Um, so the way she handled that was shit. The way that Hideki Kamiya from <laughs> Platinum Games handled it was... And, and he's, he's a troll. Rules. He's a troll already, but the way he handled th- this situation was was... I think really shit so I think the shitness on all sides so it was more that hey I just don't know what to believe because there's so much hearsay at the moment so it was more like I wish this is a segment that like not that you'd cover this in a couple of weeks but it's more like hey I'd want to see where everything lands before we did a deep dive you know yeah that, I, get what you, I get what you're saying I was going to ask you do you want us to try to get banned by him because so he's got these crazy rules so like, one of his rules is if you tweet at him in English, he'll ban you. He'll block you straight away. I know. He's, so, uh, do you want me to tweet at him and go, can we get an interview <laughs> and just get banned straight away? Look, I don't see a downside to getting banned because where's there going to be upside? Like, I like Platinum Games, but us not having access to his Twitter account via our <laughs> official account is not the end of the Um... Yeah, so the thing is as well that I've just heard so many bad takes on this. Yeah, about there've been a lot of bad takes. People people jump to conclusions based on the information dropping by the minute throughout the week, and that's why I just didn't want not not that I you know I know we're better than than most of the people out there in regards to not <laughs> like <were> making <laughs> not making assumptions, blanket statements, and doing research. But in saying that, I didn't want to join that crowd and be like stake our claim based on stuff that might not be known yet that's all mm. but um it is a meaty one it is probably the biggest news story of the week it's just <laughs> the, the type what, what's going on what's the status sorry sorry I was just like looking at his his twitter he's just such a lunatic like it's quite awesome actually uh, he is he's like, insane when you're talking about like you know who's the asshole and everything like that like I, I want to go back to that but <laughs> this guy is a nutcase right <laughs> it's just like really funny man my block button is bigger than ever <laughs> he's got his rules fuck man it's really funny no repeated questions no advice <laughs> I don't know it's just awesome oh, well, it's, it's his brand awesome. it's his brand isn't it yeah look like just going back to the story I, I, I don't think we'll know anymore I, I think this is it's done right that's my perspective I think based on the facts that we know right like Jason Schreier you know I don't love the guy but it's not just him it's actually VGC as well independently verified Mm. the story now at what point do we either believe that they're a good journalist or not right I I think someone like him overall you kind of have to trust at least the information that he's been presented is true right and I'll just say sorry the some of the claims made by Platinum Games that were corroborated by these reports was that she was not offered a just four thousand dollars. Yes. It was actually like multiple sessions that added up somewhere in the range sessions. of like in closer to like fifteen thousand, like based on the you know, all the different sessions and stuff. So yeah. there's kind of like that's they're they're disputing that fact. So. Yeah, like the TLDR is like 
in the Schreier article, which again was corroborated by other articles with their own sources, right? And this is why I think it's more closer to the truth. That yeah, like you said, four to five sessions, each session being four thousand. Then she came back saying, "No, I want six figure and residuals." Now, do I believe that she asked for residuals? A hundred percent, I believe that. Right? That's just a belief. And I mean, that's what the article says, and it's got like you know people corroborating it. Then they went in a different direction, and they did still engage her and said, "Final offer: We'll give you one session, and we'll do like a cameo with the original Bayo." And that'll be four thousand dollars, and she rejected that. Hmm. I don't know, man. I feel like that, like the Schreier article and how it's all laid out, it it kind of makes sense as well. It's too convenient to be not true in a way, right? And then for her to then get pissed about that situation, because she's she's probably looking at it and going, "Fuck, I could have probably got like fifteen, twenty grand for working a week," because these sessions are like four hour sessions or something, dude. So it's like a week's worth of work, and you get like. I know, I like, I don't know. It can, can be hard work, though. It can be hard yeah, work. Yeah, okay, but dude, I think, like, I think we're in la-la land if, if people don't look at that and go, that's a pretty good quid for the amount of hours you're doing and the work you're yeah, putting in. I know, I'm just, I think people have also think it's, like, the most luxurious, easy work possible. Oh, I don't, like, I'm not saying that. Like, some, like, man, the strain that they, that voice actors sometimes go through in those sessions is nuts. Yeah, um, like, and it's a real it's, skill. It's a real skill because... Mm. I listen to a lot of audiobooks because that, you know, the only way I can fit in reading, quote unquote. And a lot of the times now, it's authors doing it themselves. That's the new trend, right? Mm. But in a way, it's kind of bad because you can tell how bad they are at voice acting because they'll come in and it's like the the tone of their voice is different, their style, their, their how close they are mm. to the mic, far away, all that stuff, right? And it's like you're listening to the sentence and then like a totally different style comes in and you know very musical so I pick up on those things really quickly right so there is a real skill here but I, I look her calling for a boycott because she felt like it wasn't enough money and everything like that I I just gotta say that's like an asshole move man like hmm. there's so many people who have worked on this game I feel like there's other ways you could approach that in terms oh, 100%, 100%. of like leaking it to the media or something like that right but then, you know, it kind of goes into the motivation. It's like, okay, she leaks it to the media. Then, like, someone like a Jason Schreier goes, okay, I'm going to s- check this out. And then he finds out, oh, no, wait, four or five sessions, 4,000 each. Mm, okay, that's above award. That's above the actors, like, the guild rate. So what's the story, you know? <sighs> I don't know, man. Like, overall, I think it's such a shitty thing for her to come out and, like, ask people to boycott it. And it's really, like, man, like, if, if the game is... Can the game get a really fair rap at this point, I wonder? Oh, yeah, because I think since, like, the way things have fallen versus how they were at the start of the week, Mm. like, it's... People are probably just more confused than anything, so I don't think it will, like... It's already not a game that was going to set the absolute world on fire in terms of sales. I don't think it's going to have a huge impact, especially considering, like... A lot of people heard about it, but I mean, a lot of people just buying it because they saw it, seen it in the shop, you know. Oh, and it's got a poster, oh, Bayonetta 3's out, you know. Well, it's like a cult game, man. Like, mm-hmm. when she was saying, because, like, the thing is that you look at what she actually said, there's literally, like, things that are not true. I'm not saying they're lies, but it's just not true what she said. Mm-hmm. Like, she's like, oh, it's a $400 million franchise. Well, it's not. Like, these things are actually being disclosed in financial statements. They're not going to lie about it. 
Bayonetta 2 sold 1 million copies. That's not a $400 million franchise. Sorry. There's two games, right? So, uh, yeah. it's uh, Yeah. I, I just think it's going to affect the game's Metacritic score in some way. I'm not even sure if it's positive or negative. I just can't imagine someone's reviewing it and they're not going to somehow seep into their head, you know, in one way or the other. So, hmm. yeah. But I'm getting this game. I'm going to, like, dive into it. So, I'm not boycotting it. I'm not doing a mic. So... Of course you wouldn't. You, you love Nintendo too much. No, but, like, can I just say, I think people are overreacting to this whole, like, uh, voice actors need to get paid better. Because it's like, sure, maybe, but... It's kind of capitalism, man. <laughs> I don't want to turn into Ben Shapiro here, but, like... Can you not mention his name? <laughs> sure, we're going to get flagged. We're not going to get flagged. Yeah, flagged by me, maybe. <laughs> um, all right, I want to talk about some stuff. Yeah. Um, so oh, other short topics. <laughs> really cool. Yeah. Well, these will be short. So really cool Kickstarter this week um, for a game that is basically a new, like a basically just a love letter to F Zero X, which mm. is um, called uh, Aero GPX. So it's from a sole developer named Aaron McDevitt. Um, so Kickstarter launched this week. I think it looks really cool. It looks exactly like F Zero X. Like it's got the the big cylinder levels and like it's and it's like it it's exactly what I want Nintendo to do damn it but um obviously <laughs> now it's not the only indie or smaller budget f zero like game but this one is the one that looks like it's almost exact it's a, looks like a ripoff but a modern <laughs> name I love that name Aero GPX F Zero X but it but it looks really cool so I hope um I haven't kicked I haven't backed it yet I may I don't know sure but um if you want a hundred emails. I uh, yeah yeah I uh, <laughs> bloody friggin' Mina the Hollower. Um, <laughs> so many emails, so many so, fucking emails. They have uh, a char- they have calmed down. To be fair to the one, they have they have <laughs> they went nuts uh, at the start. Fuck. Some another from me is that uh, Return to Monkey Island, which I've yet to play yet. Um, I was waiting to see if they were going to announce um like PlayStation or Xbox versions, but they haven't done that yet. But um, wait wait, is know, it only on PC? I think it's only on PC and maybe Switch. Really? Fuck. Yeah. I'm actually yeah, it, shocked. No, because it was a Switch lo- uh, console exclusive. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. I was totally in the dark. I thought um, it was Microsoft, to be honest. I feel like they have so many fingers and so no, many pies. But... Switch Switch console exclusive. I don't know if they've announced um, oh. other consoles. but So I'm just waiting to see where that lands. But it's the, the, the story is it's actually already the fastest selling game in the series, which... When you consider the last game was a while back, and the fact that you know, like you got the Switch user base and store yeah, base is massive, quizzillion like times it is. bigger. Yeah. But it's still a cool news for yeah. a game that you know had a bit of a rough ride towards the end there. But, and people um, complaining about the art style, so the fact that it's like the best selling in the entry, yeah, the fastest and, selling, and it's reviewed really well. So I'm looking forward to trying it out. Um, yeah. But yeah, cool. Yeah. Uh, nice. Another one from me is just um, a confirmation from the producer of Cyberpunk Edge Runner anime series on Netflix that was really well regarded. And I loved it. Just confirming that there's no plans for a second Ooh. season, which makes sense with what it was co- they were trying to do with it. Oh, okay. It wouldn't surprise me if something does get greenlit in the future. Just given the, the nature of that first season, it would probably more meant it'd probably be more be like an anthology maybe a new tale in that that world but that world has got so, so many stories still to tell so that would be cool even if they got a different studio or did a different art style or something you know let's <laughs> see another series my experience with the with the series i'm like oh maybe i'll watch it it looks cool 
And then I, I saw how many episodes there were, 10. I'm like, not too long. <laughs> like, I can't commit. I can't commit. It feels, weirdly, it feels, like, too short to me. It's it's yeah. kind of wild. It goes really quickly. But, mm. um, but yeah, look, honestly, there's lots of other headlines, but they're the, they're the ones that kind of spoke out to me. There was big news around Silent Hill, but what? none of... Oh, yeah, just on that, though. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I was just going to say, like, fuck, if you like horror games at the moment, dude, you're in heaven. You're, you're, you've been martyred and you've got 100 virgins. It's crazy. You've got, like, mm. Callisto Protocol, which we were debating about whether it's going to come out in December. And I'm like, they're going to flog that team until they're dead to get that game out. And it's gone gold. I don't know if you noticed that. So that's coming out in December. A lot, of, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears went into that one. check the team photo. It's hilarious. They all look like they're over it. <laughs> like they don't. They genuinely don't look that happy. It's quite crazy. I was like, I wanted to almost like pick out these people individually and go, "Oh my god, look at these poor souls. <laughs> they're so exhausted." So I'm just I just want. Now. I just want to mention. There's a bunch of new Silent Hill games, which you know, it's it's crazy. Three new Silent Hill games, but none of us. Oh yeah, <laughs> just like kill me, kill me. Wait, 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 wait. Sorry. <laughs> Look at these guys. Look at these guys over here. <laughs> Look at that guy. <laughs> just like f oh, So over it. This guy's over it. <laughs> it's so awesome. It's like it's amazing. Oh, but hopefully right. it's a good I, game. Okay, Silent Hill. Just quickly yeah. wrap this up. I. The reason we're not talking about it is because us two aren't huge fans of the series. Mike likes the series, but he was I knew he wasn't going to be on the show. Yeah. Otherwise, I probably would have maybe added a segment. But it is a bit shitty that the Silent Hill 2 remake is a one-year exclusive for PS5. That's a bit shit. Nah, I love PS5. Fuck place. That's fuck's Xbox. Oh, man, I hate Series X holding of, it back. I hate <laughs> any kind of third-party exclusivity. It's just shit, I think. So Yeah, well, you know. let's destroy Game Pass. I agree. Um, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like that third party. When I'm not talking about stuff that's owned by <laughs> oh, no, just yeah. <laughs> no, they just buy everything. So then it's not third party. What a what a I convenient know, but, way to do it. But that's the you know, there's people that were playing Silent, the original Silent Hill two on the original Xbox. Yeah. You know, there's like there's fans of that series, and and the later games came out as well. And I just think it's just shit. And we saw that with Final Fantasy seven and remake Continuing. sixteen, yeah. and yeah. it's just like. Man, it's, it doesn't. Uh, I know that it's not a new thing, right? Especially for Japanese games, but it's just for games that have historically been multi-platform. It's just shit, man. It's yeah. Just shit. No, look, like you know, what reason would I have to want anything to be exclusive? To be honest, right? Like anything at all. I've got nothing, right? I understand why it happens, but there's no benefit for me or anyone if it's exclusive. But I actually, because like I don't. It's Bluebird Team, right? Who are making Silent Hill Two yeah. remake? Yep. I really do not like the medium. Like, hmm. but that's actually, it was more like the story and I didn't mind the setting too much, but just the way it was playing out, I was like, man, this game is like stupid, right? For me, personally. Um, but I do wonder if they would be okay at making Silent Hill 2 Remake. You know, like, well, you can have a studio that maybe, <laughs> it sounds harsh, but maybe they don't have the chops to make a cohesive package, but if they've got something to work from, can actually make something that's awesome so the thing is that the medium you know a lot of people didn't like it some people thought it was alright yeah, yeah I never, some people played, I, never I never yeah. played it so I can't judge it but they've made games that people do like Observer was really well received the Layers of Fear games are for some people that's it's true. not my kind that's of thing true. I find that the whole the media is just absolutely or not media sorry they're like the general gaming community and a lot of the the, the more uh, I guess vocal 
voices in it just absolutely just like just heaping on them and I feel yeah, like yeah, I feel yeah. it's a bit shit it's like okay you didn't yeah, like the harsh. medium doesn't mean they can't potentially make a decent game it's like, totally different thing hell. it's totally different thing because you've got a base to work yeah. from right like so it's totally different I'm actually very open to it like I you know I haven't played any of the Silent Hill games and it sounds sacrilegious but I don't know I, I'll wait till this game comes out if it's good I'll probably get it and try it and that's the way they'll get into the series so god damn I prefer them bloody working on it than, than Konami doing anything in house <laughs> after and I don't know it's if true. they did do, they may not have done this in house but the absolutely horrible disaster that was the HD collection it was one of the yeah, worst yeah. HD like remasters in history HD H- HD um, but yeah anyway but uh, look I think that's all for me this week in terms well, of these stories but so on that thing though else. like Resident Evil they had their showcase as well like I'm kind of ex- it sounds stupid because I've just started playing Resident Evil 4 VR which is such a weird way to be the first way to play it but I'm I'm kind of interested in this Resident Evil 4 remake it looks pretty cool man hmm. um, and then yeah the VR mode for Resident Evil Village I don't know man I might try to get into some of these games I do get very scared playing them though like I don't know how people just play these games like they I feel like they're emotionally disconnected or something well considering we may have something you know we may plan something for the Halloween special next week yeah maybe that's a chance for us to delve into some of the stuff that we don't normally play I should I go already, back I should go back I already, to Resident Evil 4 yeah. I'm already going to be playing some games that are in that in that line of uh, genre so okay uh, if you're going to do that, what what's that game that was like... Oh, it's like a card game, horror game. Insomniac? Inscription, Inscription. Inscription. Can you get that for cheap? Is that super I don't expensive? know. I don't know, but I mean... Oh, oh look, I, I, can't, I can't say much about Inscription. I know everything about that game. But that's so like a horror game, I'll, right? It has some elements <laughs> you could consider spooky, I like, yeah. I like to, is it... Okay, I'll ask it's you a simpler if, question. Does it classify, to, in your mind, to our Halloween theme game? Uh, it's Halloween adjacent, I think. <laughs> Halloween adjacent, fuck me. <laughs> you could. All right, I'll say this based on the way the game presents itself. Yeah. Just like Pony Island did from the um, from oh, the same developer. Are you almost giving it away from me. Okay. No, I'm just saying that based on the way they present the game in its marketing and everything, yeah. you could definitely look at that as a scary game. Okay. It's although it's a card game, but yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, you kind of ruined it for me. I was going to play that, but now you you put the mock on it. Oh no! I've ruined what's potentially one of the best games <laughs> of last year, according to a lot of people. Hey, but um, the other one was like Spider-Man Two coming out next year. Man, Insomniac—they pump out games. They fucking pump out games, man. There's three bloody headlines in here relating to Insomniac, which is why. Well, yeah, Miles Morales coming on PC. That's pretty simple, right? No, it's just a release date, that's all. Yeah. But the other one that I don't believe though, which is Microsoft saying that Wolverine's coming out next year. That's just Microsoft trying to dress up something to make it sound like they've got so many exclusives coming out next year. Yeah, I know. It's just it's just Microsoft claim. I found that to be an interesting news story because we don't usually hear mm. these companies talking about unreleased games in the pipeline for the other publishers. I, I agree. So. It's that was weird. There was a few things that got disclosed. Like, the other one was... That I thought was really interesting. That they're saying Call of Duty won't come out on Game Pass for years. And I was kind of annoyed about that, actually, to be honest. Because I don't know if I'll keep doing Game Pass. Maybe if they do the whole Game Pass family thing. If we all get it together. But 
I was kind of a bit like Call of Duty if it was on Game Pass I'd definitely play it mm. like definitely play it I don't want to buy it for like 80, 90 or like 100 and something Australian dollars right oh yeah Mod Warfare 2 came out this week only like the big one of the big streams of the year <laughs> wait did it come out? yeah there's well, there's people playing it but they no, may no, 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 have it early didn't access come out. it didn't come out it didn't come out well, there's people playing it so there's some people that probably pre-ordered that got early access to it yeah yeah so, the, um... so it's t- to me in that sense mm. yeah it's bloody out well the multiplayer's not out and that's the big thing of it it's coming yeah, out but, next week but I mean there's, there's there's it's coming out the same day as Bayonetta 3 I'm just saying there's people playing it now so yeah it's if out. you pre-order it you can play the campaign now yeah yeah, yeah. but I don't think that's out um, if you go to Wikipedia, shit. it's going to say the 28th, dude. Same shit. It's not. It. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like it, what I was trying to say is, if they're on Game Pass, I play it on PC, I'm like, I'll be playing them every year, right? I would. Because it's like, I'm not buying it. They're really good. They're always like good. They're never bad. Well, some are bad, but mostly good, right? But now I'm like, oh, wait, how many years is it going to be until they come out on Game Pass? Man, what kind of fucking contract is this goddamn Sony smart, and Activision smart. thing? It is like Sony's shit smart, that, man. Shit that's like ten years into the future level stuff. This um, that do, that doesn't apply to like anything like Skyrim, Bethesda level stuff. It's only Call of Duty fucking level. Like the you know, my god. I have to say, like Sony are really smart. Like from a business point of view, it's so su- super awesome what's happened, right? Sony super smart. They're like, we don't like Game Pass, but we're the big platform. So we're going to leverage that and go, you have to agree with us that you're not going to put it on Game Pass. And they do it. But then I also like the business side. Microsoft, they're like, okay, how do we judo this shit? Okay, we'll just buy the biggest game publisher in the world. (laughs) Like, which, and you know, they keep on saying this lie. And I hear like a lot of people I respect in the industry say they'll never make it exclusive to Microsoft Call of Duty. I don't believe that. I think that they will. I think that they will. Or at least, like, yeah, maybe, I don't know. I'm, I'm actually, like, 50-50 on it, to, to be honest. Because it's, there is a very compelling thing of going, it's on Game Pass for free, or you can buy it for $120 Australian on PS5. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, wait a second, that's like a year of Game Pass. <laughs> and this game comes out every year. So that's very powerful and strong, obviously. But... I, I think all I'm trying to say is there's no guarantee they'll keep it on other platforms. No. There's absolutely no guarantee. I think it's nuts when people think there is a guarantee. It's I absolutely just think, not. I'm just wondering, is there someone at Microsoft and working, you know, I know that technically the acquisition hasn't passed yet, but are they planning what kind of loophole can we make Black Ops into its own IP, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. that is not technically part of the Call of Duty IP. They and could the, do that. Bla- the next Black Ops game campaign is exclusive, but Call of Duty Warzone is still, you know, like there's, to me, there's ways you can probably work your ra- way around that. Because Microsoft, are, <laughs> they're well known for pulling dodgy deals and stuff. So they are, but I have to say, all the way through these things, they've actually been pretty fair to Sony. And I'm more of a, like, you. I'm not really either side of the Sony Microsoft thing, but I'm more on the Sony side, obviously, just from like what I own. But I think that I don't take I don't take sides. You're a fanboy. <laughs> um, well, I'm, I'm a fanboy for Nintendo for sure. But yeah, I, I think they've been pretty fair because you know when they've acquired a lot of these things, there are often provisions where you can rip up existing agreements. Hmm. 
And like the, all the way from the start, they said, we'll honor all our deals. We'll honor all of the agreements. You know, it's embarrassing. It's like Deathloop coming out to the PlayStation 5 exclusively owned by Microsoft. You know, they could have ripped a lot of those things up and they didn't. So yeah, I, look, I think they'll just let nature run its course with some of these things like Call of Duty not being on Game Pass for feels like at least two years, maybe three, maybe even longer. How crazy is that? So, hmm. Which I All think right. sucks because I was interested in playing it. I'm very happy because it means there's no chance of them getting out of its Game Pass this year. Woo! Well, yeah, I guess it's Woo! never, right? Yeah, that's true. All right. hmm. anything, else you, anything else you want to cover or you're done? No, no, I think that's a good show. Cool. Well, for next week, as I mentioned, we, we might organise something for Halloween. Not sure what it is just yet, but I'll be playing a couple of spooky games regardless. And uh, Indigot, I don't know if there's anything you've got planned for next week. Well, I, I've look, like, I wasn't planning on doing this because there's a lot of games I'm playing at the moment, but I probably should try to get back to Resident Evil 4 VR. The VR cool. thing just made me feel sick. Maybe I should just you play know, it on the PC. I don't know if you know this. There are ways to play that game without VR. Yeah, I, I know that. 20 know that. different systems. No, I know that. I know that. I've got it on PC as well. <laughs> oh, you know that? Yeah. <laughs> My obvious sarcasm wasn't. Yeah, I just maybe like... I need to, maybe I need to put a forward slash S after what I, when I say something like that. <laughs> no, I know. I know. I just... But it's more like I just bought it on the VR thing and I'm like, ah, oh, I should use this. I, I, I just went too crazy. I was using too many motion options on the VR. I need to like cool. tone it down, so... Yeah, all right, cool. All right, well, thanks everybody for joining in this micless episode, aka the one without Mike. No Mike. Um, the it's only it's episode that doesn't have Mike on it. There's been no other episodes, um, so I, that's what I dubbed this episode. <laughs> Thank you very much, and uh, toodaloo till next time. Bye bye. See ya. <laughs>